Hello, Mudbug, and welcome to Clay at Our Core, podcasting about pottery from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Avenue in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. I'm your clay pal, Ann Saker. I don't know about you, Mudbug, but I don't stay up late enough anymore to watch Saturday Night Live. But if your social media is anything like mine, your feed filled up on Sunday with comments about one SNL skit called What's in the Kiln? The sketch, which I later saw on YouTube, did what comedy does best, which is to wield the truth to poke fun. And a few punchlines made me say, oh, ouch. But mostly, I had to laugh. Yep, that's what it's like. I got the sense on Pottery Facebook that potters were of two minds. Some thought the sketch hilarious. Others, well, didn't. My feeling was that the actors were wearing some fine-looking aprons, and I need to get myself one. Anyway, what did you think? Leave a comment in this episode of the podcast. Today in our artist interview, you get to meet one of Cora Clay's employees. You may have seen Hannah Bunshu around the studio. She graduated in May from the University of Cincinnati with a fine arts degree. Like all of us here, Hannah does a little bit of everything but she excels at pugging reclaim, which you know is a thankless but invaluable task in a pottery studio. I wanted to learn more about Hannah, and you will enjoy her observations about the world of clay. Here's our conversation. I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a long time because I think you bring bring such wonderful energy into uh, into core clay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you, uh, when when did you, uh, are you a Cincinnati person? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Cincinnati. I have two siblings, a brother and a sister. I'm the youngest of those three. Wonderful. Um, I graduated from UC just this past May. Wow. With a degree in fine arts. Very nice. So that would be your Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, correct? Yep. And did you have a specialty? Yeah, I had a focus in printmaking and ceramics. Okay, and what? why those two? So I did a lot of printmaking in high school and... Um, Actually, I was in communication design before I went into fine arts, and I just wanted something that was more of a tactile experience with my medium. So I switched to fine arts, and when I did, I took an intro uh, printmaking class because I knew that, um, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) I knew that I had done that in high school, so I knew that I liked it. And so I also took a ceramics class, intro uh, class, as well as an intro painting class, just to kind of see what I wanted to do. And I just really fell in love with printmaking and ceramics. Okay. Sort of the way they almost combine sometimes. Okay. Where did you go to high school that opened the door for you for printmaking? Yeah, I went to Walnut Hills High School. Oh, yes. Okay. One of the best in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I took um, AP Studio Art with Mr. Stalker. All right, Mr. Stalker. Shouting out to you, man. That's great. (laughs) And uh, so... Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into clay, Hannah. Yeah, so um, my uh, partner actually has a friend who went to Alfred University who was um, doing ceramics, um, and I met him, and I saw his work, and I really enjoyed it. So when I took that first intro ceramics course in college, um, I just really fell in love with it. I really liked the way that the clay felt in my hands. It was a sort of a hand-building sculpture course, um, but then the semester after that, I did an internship at Covington Clay with Rick Hoffman, and wow. he taught me how to wheel throw, um, and I just, I loved it. I was yeah. obsessed. Right, right. What, what is it that you think connected to you? What, what is it that Clay connects to in you? 
Yeah, so I really like just like the circular motion of the wheel and mm -hmm. how um, wobbly sometimes it gets. I really love just leaning into the imperfection sometimes. Right, okay. And so, uh, of course, you probably didn't throw when you were in high school, right? That You started throwing when you were in college at, yeah. at UC. And uh, so what was that, what was your education like at UC? What did you take? What did you focus on? Where were your specialties? Yeah, I'd say I tried to focus mostly on ceramics, um, but I did take a few printmaking courses, such as screen printing. Mm -hmm. um, but I did try and focus mainly on ceramics. So I took a bunch of intro courses, just intro sculpture, intro wheel throwing, and then I did um, the large scale hand building, um, advanced throwing classes, those sorts of things. Um, but the like, deeper you got into it, the more loose all the projects became, so you could really do your own thing. Right. Okay. Tell me about your uh, what you felt was your your strongest or your greatest success in college in, in your college coursework in your ceramic work. Was there a piece or a a lesson that you learned or uh, something that you picked up along the way that made the light bulb go on over your head? Yeah, I'd probably say that was my large scale hand building class. Um, although I did do some wheel throwing in that um, as bases for my uh, larger pieces. And I'd say it taught me a lot about the technical abilities of clay because I really had to push the limits in terms of height and thickness and scale and all that. Um, so it was really learning experience for firing those big works and glazing those big works. Right. And uh, do you have, do you, I assume you have all of those, those pieces now? And yeah, at home, yeah. Right. Uh, got them stored. And you had a, you, for, to finish your degree, you had to have a show, am I right? Yeah. And what was that like for you? Um, there was no like overarching class to guide me. It was kind of just a you're working independently on this body of work. So it was very stressful but very fulfilling because I got to really explore areas I hadn't delved before and really incorporate what I want to be working into what I had prepared. Right. Now you were, at what stage of your college education were you when the pandemic came along? My second year, I was in communication design, and okay. so I took my, the rest of my communication courses for that year online, um, but then when I started back up um, the next fall for fine arts, it was also online. So my very first ceramics course was actually online. Wow, how did that work? It was strange, because they didn't specify that you had to use clay, since they weren't sure if people would be able to get that ah, from home, right. as well as firing was an issue, um, but I was able to work it out with my teacher, because I live in Cincinnati, I was able to take it in and have it fired at DAP, um, okay. I was just able to just drop it off since the school wasn't open, but they were still having that lab open, and they had employees there firing everybody's work. Okay, and so you could at least continue building on your skills even though you weren't actually in the classroom or in the or in the university studio to do that work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and what kind of clay were you using? Um, I was using an earthenware for that class because it was largely sculptural. Um, okay. Since then, I've leaned towards stoneware. I think that's personally my favorite, and I've been using PRNI right now, um, which is a black stoneware. Which we carry here at Core Clay, the yep. uh, CO2. PRNI, is that what it is? Yep. Okay, that's great. And uh, what do you like about that? 
the color largely. I really love the deep, rich black and how it looks under glazes. It really makes them pop sometimes. Wow. Um, and a lot of my work tends to focus on sort of visuals from space and sort of cosmic elements. So I think that base of having that black clay really helps to highlight those visuals that I've done. Right, on. right. And how, how did you come to be inspired with uh, imagery from space? Yeah, um, I'd say a lot of my early work in college was surrounding sort of cosmic insignificance and sort of our place in the universe, um, because it's very chaotic and very vast and empty up there, and we don't know a lot about it. So we don't. Very intriguing to me, that Indeed. process. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Uh, do you study astronomy at all, or do you study uh, that level of science? I do sometimes. I, it's often a matter of just browsing articles and journal right. um, submissions. Right. Right. Okay. And so what do you what do you envision for yourself going forward over the next five or ten years? What would you like to accomplish? And I assume you'd like to stay in clay and ceramics, right? Yes, definitely. Um, I'd love to go bigger because I did take that large-scale hand-building class, but I haven't really incorporated those elements into my personal practice yet. So I think a lot more complex forms, like throwing multiple parts and just really playing with scale and size. Right, and what do you like about that? I like that it's overwhelming sometimes when you look at a large piece. You have all these different elements going on and sometimes you have to look at it like three or four times to really get all the information. Right. Were you here last spring when George Rodriguez made his large, his large uh, statue piece for us here? I was. What did you think about that? Oh, I loved it. I actually, uh, back then the pug mill was right next to where he was working. Right. And so during the day I would hug and I would work but I would also be watching him work and right. it was really exciting to watch like you would see one day there would just be the feet and then the next day you'd come in and it would be the feet and the torso right and just seeing that progress of him building up from the ground it was fascinating how quickly he was working how quickly he was able to assemble that and I know he's been doing this for almost 20 years you know very much in in the habit of pulling those things together but uh, when you look at that Without an educated eye, you you don't. I suppose with you, you would look at it and say you can see all the points of failure that occur that could occur, right? Yeah. But didn't. Right. So right. okay, that's amazing. Now, how did you find us here at Core Clay? How did you end up coming here? Um, I actually overheard some people in my class talking about their experience interning here. So um, I applied to both Core Clay and Queen City Clay for my um, second internship. But when I met Laura, I was just really drawn to her energy. She just seemed like the kind of person I would love to be friends with and right. love to be around. Um, and I think Sam was also there in that interview, so meeting them really solidified my choice. Right, and that made it. And so, how how have you had? What kind of experience have you had here? And I'm not asking you to, uh, you know, blow smoke just for the sake of, yeah. you know, because Laura will be listening. But I mean, what what have you found here? What has this place been like for you? I've. I've just absolutely loved it. I love the environment of everybody's so excited about each other's work. Like everybody loves seeing everybody else's work come through the kiln and it sort of inspires each person differently. Yeah. And so it's, because um, when I worked at Covington Clay, there was a group of people that I would see, but I feel like it's much larger here because we do a little bit more. Right. But just seeing the different people come in and the different styles of work that they bring to the table. It's fascinating, isn't it? Whose work do you like to look at? Who, whose shelf do you run to look at to see if there's something new? Oh, it's got to be Beth Lavenberg. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She is so talented. I just love all of them. 
the texture and then the way she plays with matte glazes and gloss glazes. Right. And she's a, you know, a, re- a relative newbie. I, I don't think she's, I don't think she has an education uh, in ceramics. She just came to it like anybody else. And I think that's one of the things I like about it is that you don't have to come out with a BFA to play in clay. You can mm-hmm. start any time and, and, and do that. Yeah, we're all on different stages of our clay journey. That's right. What do your parents think about your pursuit of ceramics as a as a life? Oh, they're very supportive. In fact, my mom's helping me set up my Etsy account right now. She's because <laughs> she's in marketing, so I was all like, right. I'll I'll you know draw some inspiration from her and some tips and tricks. Oh, fantastic! That's nice to have a backup uh, in the, in the support team like that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you want to teach? Do you do you aspire to pass your knowledge on to others? I do like teaching, but I definitely feel like I'm more drawn to the making aspect. Okay. So maybe not so much, uh, you know, we can't necessarily get you into the routine. Okay, I get that. And so what are you doing here now at Court Clay? I've spent a lot of time since coming back um, pugging and handling the reclaim because we have a lot of it. We do. Um, But I love it. I love the slop of it. I have a bunch of slop at home, too. So I do reclaim at home and reclaim here. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me about, for people who don't necessarily know the process of pugging reclaim, Mm -hmm. take me through it step by step. How How does that work? Yeah, so we like to get it all sloppy, all wet, super gloopy, and then we dry it out on the plaster bats so that it's um, at least a little bit less moisturized when right. we throw it, and then we throw it in the pug mill, where it kind of shreds it like spaghetti, um, and it mixes all together, mixes it to a good consistency, back to a working consistency, and then it kind of pumps it back out in these sort of long tubes. Right. Um, and they're perfectly workable. Again. Yes, they are. That's my favorite thing about clay. Right. Uh, had you ever run a pug mill before you came here? Yeah, I ran a pug mill at Rick um, Hoffman's Covington Clay Studio. Okay. Um, it was a little bit different, but a little bit smaller in size, but it was right. essentially the same kind of concept. So when you pug here in, in the big pug mill that we have, how much clay can you get out of one pugging moment, I guess is the word I would use. When you fill it all up and you turn it on and it pugs it out, do you get like 50 pounds of clay, 80 pounds of clay? How much clay do you get out? I'd say it's definitely between 80 and 100 pounds. Wow. We, yeah, we separate them into 10-pound bags right. as much as we can right. that way. Um, and I usually get about 8 to 10 bags per Squeeze, like, well, right, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. And you know that I have been campaigning to get little stickers made that say Pugged with Love by Hannah. Yeah. Because I think we need those. Although <laughs> we recycle those bags so often, it probably would be kind of a, more of a hassle than, than, a, uh, than a sales, uh, sales point. Uh, do you have people who come to you and say, oh, Hannah, I really need some, some reclaim. Can you bang some out for me? Or do you, uh, I mean, do you, you just come in excited to start pugging out clay every day? It is, yeah. I, I haven't had anybody come up yet. I've tried to keep it well stocked so that we don't have that issue. Right, but right. But, yeah, it's definitely exciting to come in today and see if it's ready to pug yet. Right. Oh, because you test the stuff that's already on the plaster bats. Yeah. And then if it's of the, you know, the right consistency, then you can start loading up the pug mill and, and firing it up. And how, I mean, will you spend like a whole day working on something like that? Oh, yeah. I'll easily get like three or four pugs out each day. Wow. That's a lot. Well, thank you for doing that. And for all of us who do use uh, Reclaim Clay, thank you, because that's a hard job to do. 
So, Hannah, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you want to, where do you, do you think about that at all? I do think about it, yeah. I'd say I'm really into sort of the environment of the clay, so I'd like to still be working in a communal environment so I can still get those inspirations from other people. Right. Um, but I'd say more just really making work and selling it at sort of markets or anywhere I can find. Do you aspire to get a master's degree in fine arts? Uh, not currently, but it is something that is up in the air in the future. Okay, so that's on the... You're kind of sick of school right now, I would think, right? Yeah, kind I need of, a little bit of a break. Yeah, I need a break from that. Do you work anywhere else besides Court Clay? Do you have another job on the side? Not currently, but okay. I do have a home studio, so when I'm not okay. here, I'm there. You're working out in there. Okay, that sounds beautiful. So uh, let me ask you the question that I like to ask everybody who comes at, to, to Clay at our core, and that is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you got started in Clay as a baby bear cat at UC? probably say it's got to be that you don't have to fire everything and you really shouldn't fire everything. Okay, talk about that. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of work from my past that could have been either cut open to examine the walls and really check that or just it could have been recycled into something new and better. I feel like okay. when you're early in your pottery career you want to save everything because it's so special. Right. But sometimes it's a little bit okay to let go. Do you still have the first pot you ever made? Oh, I'm sure it's somewhere in the mix. Okay. Because I think that's, do you find that helpful to go back to the early things that you've done and look at them again and say, hmm, I, here's where I've advanced? Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely interesting to see where my style has evolved too. Sure. How would you describe your style? Yeah, I'd say it's mainly surrounding visual texture and visual, um, I'd just say visual texture. Visual texture, and how do you how do you define that? Is that just what the eye sees on the pot, as well as what the hand can feel on the pot? Yeah, it's a mix of both what the eye sees, so the different like areas of pooling glaze and right. colors popping through underneath, um, as well as the actual tactile texture. I like to throw a lot of rings on my pots so that they have this sort of visual break in the form. Right. Um, and then I like to use a lot of slips and stuff that's going to layer up texture so that when the glaze runs over it, it kind of breaks in neat ways. Okay, that's awesome. So let's go, I'd like to circle back to this idea that you shouldn't fire everything you throw. You're absolutely right, when you're new to it, everything is precious and you want to hold on to it. But what would you tell a young person who's, or a, an older person who is starting, who's new to clay, about making that choice? It's a hard choice to make. Yes, Not firing is. everything. I'd say it's kind of like retail therapy. If you look at the item that you want, um, you have to kind of go through those lists in your head of questions that are important to it. Like, does this have a place in my home or in someone else's home? Um, is there flaws that are kind of drawing away from the whole of the piece that I could, you know, put it to rest and maybe redo the concept? Um, things like that. I like that. Oh, that's really fascinating. Hannah Bunshu, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. You just bring a ray of sunshine into the studio every single day you come here. So thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh, your shining youth to with uh, Clay at our core. Thanks so much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> In doing this podcast, Mudbug, I've been fascinated at how often people answer the Laura Davis question by saying, as Hannah does, you don't have to fire everything. 
That is for sure a lesson that you only learn with time. Thank you, Hannah Bunshu, for talking with the podcast. I want to thank everyone who stopped by the Mason Gallery of Fine Arts and Crafts this weekend. We had a terrific kickoff to the holiday sale season, and we are grateful for the tremendous community support. Let me remind you once again that the gallery and store are open seven days a week, starting at 10 a.m., and we at Cork Clay would be delighted to welcome you and show you all the amazing works of art that you can give or keep. That's it for this episode 67 of Clay at Our Core Mudbug. Please subscribe to the podcast and click that notification button to stay current. It would also be so helpful if you could take a moment to write a review and make the internet feel good about itself. Until next time, Mudbug, this is your clay pal, Ann Saker, hoping that the kiln gods are smiling upon you.